Welcome to the Story Tinker Podcast, a place for in-depth analysis of Webtoon stories. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character struggles, relationship development, and of course, theories. You can follow the Story Tinker on YouTube, podcast platforms, and social media. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support the Story Tinker on Patreon. We are really appreciative of your likes, subscribes, and follows on all platforms. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the Ripple Hyacinth podcast, and it is called Skeptical Spies. And today we have Fu and Emma, and for the first time, we have Kenny. And y'all can say hi. Hey, hi. <laughs> Hello. Right. So we are opening up with a scene of the Arhalis Police Department, and we see the sun coming in through the windows, hazy vision at the desk, and then we see Will and Kim walking around. Kim has this giant stack of paperwork. <laughs> Will is also going through some of his own paperwork, and Kim's like looking over her shoulder at Will and remembering their fight where they ended up with saying perfect and she just like kind of like blows out of her cheeks so kind of her way of being I think a little regretful or uncomfortable is that what you make of her expression it seems to me kind of in a way a little bit annoyed as well mm-hmm. yeah I don't know like she's probably wondering how Will's been feeling after that because, like, I don't know, it seems like at this point they haven't really talked much since it. Right. Yeah, she's definitely gauging, like, you know, what is he thinking? But not able to actually say anything. Classic, right? <laughs> Very common problem people have. They don't want to talk about their issues. <laughs> and actually, Lucas notices that because, um, you know, she lets down her paperwork with a bang. And, you know, kind of has these like steaming marks from her head. And Lucas is watching them. He sees Will not looking at Kim and Kim not looking at Will. And it's just, he sighs and he has this, again, that shadow over his face again. He's like, well, congratulations, Lieutenant Sarge. Since one of, since for once, the two of you have decided to shut up. So Lucas has noticed the tension. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably spends a lot of time observing, right? Since he doesn't talk as much as his co-workers, he has a lot of time to study them. <laughs> perturbed by the silence, and that's why he feels the need to fill it. He's like, this is too startling and unnerving. And now he startles them, and he asks them, would you like a cup of coffee? I'm going to make one for myself. And both of them are just in shock. Will and Kim are shivering and their eyes are gone wide and their background is black. And they're like, what What did you say, Lucas? Are you all right? <laughs> Honestly, that's a bit shocking considering how... I feel like he doesn't actually hate everyone that much. I think that he... I mean, I think that he dislikes them, but also in a way, like, is probably does not hate them as much as he shows he does yeah i mean it's probably a facade i think he just likes honestly he probably just likes being left alone maybe like he's not super extroverted and he's probably just here to get 
like he's just here to do his job here to protect the city or whatever as the police get that money and not really here to make friends even though I don't know if he'll not be able to not make friends I think like what you said that it's a facade I think he acts grumpy because that's like his personality but I do think deep down he does like them and he doesn't enjoy being around them um you know it's just he doesn't want to say it <laughs> and he's like you heard me Sinclair isn't here, which makes you two a bit more tolerable. And Kim's like, just mine ears deceived me. It's dark and bitter, sir, has a heart. Such a kindness he has just bestowed upon us poor worthless mortals. Heaven, someone pinch me. And she's, you know, extending her, her hand up to the heavens and the spotlight is shining on her in her moment of passion. <laughs> because I'm not impressed. His face is just the continuous grumpy face that he always makes. And he says, never mind, and he just slams the door. And yes, yeah, so if you'll notice, the clock is, once again, five o'clock. It always seems to be five o'clock in the morning in the APD. So we're going to just assume those clocks aren't inaccurate. Yeah, I think it's just because they're like at a set time um, like on the 3D model. And Soph doesn't really bother changing them. But um, the first couple times I was like, they're really there that early. Like, I'm sorry, you can be like a workaholic, but that's too much. <laughs> Although the truth is I can think of several industries and people where they do that. But anyway, I don't want to think about that. It's very depressing. <laughs> so now we have Will and Kim alone in the office, you know, again, studiously avoiding each other. Will just sighs, and then he finally pushes himself away from the desk, gets up, and pats her on the shoulder. But she, Kim, is not prepared for this. And he starts saying, Kim, I, but Kim is completely flustered, and she just, like, grabs his hand and walks him down on the floor, head first. <laughs> poor, poor Kim, poor Will. He's like a ghost coming out of his mouth. What does KO stand for? I have no idea. Knockout? Yeah, it's like something out. Oh, yeah, it does stand for knockout. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's like a boxing or something term, I guess. <laughs> I feel like this shows that Kim can actually, like, she can really stand up for herself. I feel like people underestimate her. I feel like we like, underestimate Kim in general. We do. We really do. <laughs> She's, I, in my opinion, the smartest out of the main four, the only one oh, yeah. with the functioning brain cell. So oh, yes, yeah. for an extended analysis, you can go to episode 92 because Foot gave a rounding defense of Kim and her brains in that one. Thank you, Foot. <laughs> I literally do not remember it, but then again, I have horrible memory. I'm going to have to re-listen to this. Is it published yet? It might not be published. <laughs> yeah, 92 has been out for a while. Yeah. Okay. It's the Brainy Birds episode. Where oh. Kim figured out that she was lame. Oh, or did you... I said 32, and I was like, wait. Yeah, I had a broken brain moment there. Yeah, and Kim's like, oh, and she has this very innocent expression on her face. Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> totally shocked. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you were still in the room. And then to make things even better, she just like slaps him on the face. <laughs> This is a great show of their relationship. <laughs> like she's trying to 
do the right thing, but in a very um, maybe an unhelpful way, but slightly painful. <laughs> Poor Will. And she's like, are you okay, Willem? And she's smushing his cheeks at this point. It's really cute and adorable. He has his eyes closed as if he's just like given up on life. It's like, remind me never to go near you again, idiot. <laughs> so cute. At this point, Lucas opens the door with coffee in his hand, looks down and sees the best panel ever of Kim and Will looking at each other and not in an antagonistic way, but they look quite friendly in this particular pose with the sunlight on them. I love this panel so much. One of my favorites ever. I think we I'm gonna make it we don't cover. talk about it enough. gorgeous and obviously Lucas thinks he has walked in on something because they look very romantic she is cradling his face quite tenderly you know he's hoisted himself up on his elbows and Lucas is like oh sorry to interrupt <laughs> he doesn't look perturbed at all by the way and um, he just I guess he has some level of basic manners but like he doesn't seem shocked or surprised or but he just goes out and slams the door <laughs> he's just like it finally happened <laughs> right maybe honestly i don't think that i think that if anyone walked in on that they wouldn't be surprised at the point only like <laughs> only camera well walking in on that would be surprised <laughs> yeah they're the only ones clueless and will and kim just look out the door and william <laughs> will's head is upside down so so cute and like you see that marks of kim's hands because she apparently slapped them really hard still on his on his face and then they both yell it's so cute and funny <laughs> like this is not what you think randall and he opens the door again it's like by the way herman wants to see you both in his office <laughs> so parts is one of my favorite parts of the whole series it's, mm -hmm. it's so underrated a, yeah we literally we don't talk about this episode enough like and specifically the beginning of this episode. Yep, that's great. And Kim is like hopping away from him as fast as she can. She's like, oh, oh, oh now that's interesting. Completely, you know, pretending nothing happened there. And Will is just like, his, his hands are over his eyes. It's never good news if you're involved. Again, he's hopeless at this point. And then we transition to them walking into Herman's office where March is present as well. And we see a shot of like the lamp on his desk and what um, Herman saying, Lieutenant Hawks, Sergeant Liddell, come in, March and I need to speak with you. You know, then Will's like Captain Herman, Detective March, how can we help you? Close the door. So obviously whatever he has to say is private. And then he says, it's about Loon. And again, very serious expression on his face. Not that we've ever seen Mark, um, Herman with a non-serious expression on his face, but a little more serious than usual. He means and, business right now. Mm -hmm. and, I really like but, how this webtoon is just able to transform from like comedic, really comedic to serious. And like, I think that they do it pretty well because like right away I can just shift how I see it. so this is um especially when it comes to loon you know we know that herman is quite serious about loon so we'll ask any progress clues to their identity 
no, and that's exactly the problem. It's been weeks and we're still not square one. So he is, again, like really perturbed by the fact that he doesn't know anything about Luna, that they're like a loose cannon. Keep studying Marsha, they keep studying the files. There isn't so much as a fingerprint. For all we know, it could be a team of two or a much larger organization, which definitely scares them because they, they don't know who they're dealing with. And an unknown is scary. I mean, honestly justified though, like for them, like they found the loon convicts in very, you know, interesting places, like, you know, bleeding, tied up to chairs in the closets of clubs. Like they're probably wondering how many, like, is loon, is what loon doing actually legal or not? Is it safe for civilians? Like, Although it's been pretty private, like honestly, you know, I kind of doubt it. it was, I mean, it's like, definitely you know, not legal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's self defense, but I can't stop thinking about someone waking up and going to their balcony or whatever, looking outside their window, and they're just being blood spilled on it from when Loon kind of massacred that guy on the roof, and that <laughs> blood was like you know dripping down the walls or whatever, like. I don't know. Seems a little unsafe. So it make, yeah, it it makes sense that the police would want to figure out who these people are, especially as um, as Herman said that like, oh, sorry, March said that they don't know if it's a larger organization because right now, although Loon is allying themselves, allying what, um. With the, themselves with the police, they could very well turn out to be another phantom side. They just, you know, you can't know yet. But, Herman yeah. has that and like that legitimate concern, but there also does seem to be some personal element involved, which he shows in the next couple of panels. He says, this situation is intolerable. The actions of the higher ups revolting. He's using very strong language, like very emotional, like loaded terms. Loon may have helped us find some Benton Scythe members, but they will not undermine the investigation unit any longer. So for him, it's a matter of looking like a fool. And yeah, I, I, I will defend Herman. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he has some less noble qualities to his personality. But I think most of what he does is like for the good of order, because, you know, we talked about his personality. He's like the kind of guy who likes things straight and rigid and ABC and make it clear. And, you know, don't confuse me with like questionable things. But there also is an element of like personal pride and like arrogance where he has to be in charge. And yeah, like he does have to be in charge. Like he, it's his job to, to make sure things are handled well. But there also it seems to be a little bit taken too personally for him. I mean, while I dislike him as a person, I think that in some ways that he's right. Like, it makes sense that he, you know, is just looking out for the officers. He doesn't really want the hard work that, they, that they've done for this to be undermined. And it does make sense that I just don't like him as a person. Mm -hmm. Honestly, at this point, also because of the whole, like, because of the whole, like, we don't really know what illegal activities Loon could be doing, I wouldn't be surprised if some people thought Harvey was killed by Loon. Like, it, they don't wouldn't have a motive for it, but Loon has broken into the police building, building undetected, and so did Harvey's killers. 
so like some people may be like that's a little sus bro actually i hadn't really thought about um that part of it before but um with that they might think that the viper is um helping loon so like that two-sided thing that they'd sort of discussed um could be the viper and someone that they know Mm -hmm. yeah they don't know if loon is because they know loon has to have some phantom scythe um connections right because of how much that loon does know about the phantom scythe and so yeah like what kenny said they could very well think that whoever killed harvey um like you know maybe had ties to loon and kim kind of like harkens on to what herman is talking about and she says they may make us look incompetent which is kind of like the reactionary part of what herman is saying and but the truth is we do need their help marsh says clearly they had access to confidential investigations and if our detectives weren't able to prove criminal involvement it could only mean one thing which is lou knows the inner workings of both the police and the phantom scythe and that's like the bad news here and herman capitulates that whoever they're associated with the phantom scythe whoever they are they cannot be trusted yeah that's a very good point <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean like i mean again though right because the fan uh, sorry, the police have had to deal with phantom scythe spies before that were that pretended to be police. And while they don't know Harvey um, was a spy, they probably found other spies before. So there have been people in the past who came to the police as a friend, but turned out to be an enemy the whole time. And it's probably the attitude that they're having with Loon. You just, you know, you can't be sure because they have confirmation that this person is or these people are at least some way phantom scythe. So like, you know, with such a bad history with the phantom scythe before pretending to be friends of the police, they can't trust Loon. Like they, Loon may be helping them, but it doesn't mean the police um, can trust them or that Loon is deserving of the police's trust. Yeah, exactly. And he continues and says, I will not sit idly by and let this farce continue. If they truly wish to help, like they claim, they must step out of the shadows and face justice. Whew. And Will asks if they're a, like, I'm like, dude, Will, like, be quiet. Don't say this. Are we sure it isn't someone from the precinct? <laughs> well, it was still verifying, Marsh continues, but I think I can safely say it isn't any of my detectives. We can't check the other precincts, this is Herman, but if Loon is one of our own, they must be very discreet. And considering the quality of their files, I doubt they let their guard down around any detective, especially March. So good point. Is that kind of the first time we see Herman using a little bit of extra reasoning, you know? <laughs> Usually he just barks orders and stuff. But the, and then March continues, but they might not suspect officers from the patrol unit. And this is where you come in. And we have this these really beautiful panels of Will and Kim, kind of their faces are looking surprised and just really nice panels and kim says i'm oh, sorry provides has a lot of these like side by side panels and i these are some of my favorites 
Yeah, because mm -hmm. you can see they're both having like a same similar reaction. You don't look happy. <laughs> and Kim expresses that. She's like, so you want us to help you look for loons spy on our coworkers? So yeah, she's not thrilled about the idea. And Herman says, you're the precinct sergeant and lieutenant. You're the most aware of what's happening in the patrol unit and you has, have eyes on matters March might not. You have proven time and time again that you are trustworthy. And so we are asking for your help in this internal investigation. And I mean, this is very, I, the Herman's way of speaking here is very professional. Um, you know, he's, he's praising them. He's treating them as equals, just admiring, you know, his, his non-garumpy bossy moments. <laughs> I mean, like, as grumpy as March, uh, not March, as Herman can get, he is effective as a boss. Like, he does get the job done, and he is doing what I think is the right move for the police right now. I think we should we should end this with, like, 10 reasons why we love Herman. I think we should be the title of this episode. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But that would be a fun one. And Will's like, what about the other precincts? Are we collaborating with them? And Herman says, I have tried, but they remain willfully ignorant. The other precincts don't understand the gravity of the situation. We are alone in this for now. And Kib, sticking up for Fred, says, with all due respect, Captain, shouldn't this mission go to Lauren? And she steps forward. She was by far the most efficient detective here before her demotion. And she's patrol unit now. She could help us catch Loom. And Will also like steps forward and says, I agree with Sergeant Liddell. So, which is very nice. They're both always thinking of Lauren and praising her. And I think Kim saying that also is kind of a, a way of telling Herman, like, maybe undemote her, maybe put her back to detective. Okay, honestly, I think that Herman made a good decision demoting Lauren. Oh, yeah. Because she could have done, like, so much worse. Because she's the type of person to think on her, like, just do stuff in the moment and not think about what happens in the future and I honestly think that it's a good idea that Herman demoted Lauren yeah and I think that Herman was right picking Kim and Will for this one because of plot reasons right they need um you know they can't have Lauren looking for Lauren that'd be ironic even though that's what they have later but you know it was it isn't with Lauren but you know it's a different with a different character but like Herman's right here because Lauren deserved the promotion. I know, like, we don't, right at this point, we don't really know what she did. But from, like, from a few panels from a prior flashback where she's literally, like, screaming and yelling, like, that, I mean, it doesn't seem like proper police conduct. And she was reacting really, I don't know. A, extremely to that interrogation and so if it was if that was just like a flicker of what happened then we don't really know what fully happened back then right what that caused her to get demoted so I mean what she did she's Lauren has proven herself time and time to get into be very efficient but what she, whatever she did back then must have been really serious like and i personally can see herman keeping lauren away from phantom scythe like assignments and stuff because he wants to keep 
like he wants to keep her in the police right so that she doesn't get fired but he also wants her to stay safe because we know that lauren's obsession has brought her to do very dangerous things right like teaming up with the phantom scythe assassin like the most infamous <laughs> phantom scythe assassin like i don't know like it's kind of hard to trust you know the person with the most kills in our tallest but you know it might just be me but yeah so like <laughs> He's probably trying to prevent her from getting into really serious business or for just devoting herself to this issue so far as an excuse to, you know, get back into Phantom Scythe dealings again. Because then, you know, she's going to be like, I'm going to investigate the Phantom Scythe and then she's going to go deeper and deeper and deeper to a point where she's going to probably find out some stuff that's dangerous to her and her family and her friends and anyone else in her life. And then... Yeah, so the fandom size is going to come after her. So yeah, I think Herman is doing this out of protection for her. <laughs> I agree with Flute on that. Um, but the one thing that I've sort of disagreed with Herman doing is constantly reminding Lauren of what she did wrong. Um, it's good to teach, but it's not good to constantly remind after someone's had a chance to grow and learn from it. Oh yeah, definitely, Kenny. That's what Will says. Will says, it's been over a year, sir. She's learned from her mistakes which I don't think she has, by the way, but that's what Will <laughs> thinks. <laughs> and he just says, no, I don't want Officer Sinclair, and he emphasizes Officer Sinclair, involved with anything Phantom Sides related. Last year, her obsession embarrassed our, our entire precinct. It's not a risk worth taking twice. And yeah, we all we just discussed that. Needless to say, this matter is to remain strictly confidential between the four of us. Sinclair will not be a part of this operation. And... They're both listening and we see Kim's face and she looks kind of agitated. Then he says, Lieutenant Hawk, Sergeant Dell, and we have a close-up of his face because he's, you know, the focus is on him and, and the importance of his words. Will you help us end Loon once and for all? Just like, ending Loon, oh, ending Loon, but okay. And they both bow down and say, yes, sir, you can count on us simultaneously. Then we have a focus on Kim's face, just her. And you can kind of see, you can already see like the wheels turning in her head. And we'll see a little bit more a bit later, but you can see there's some hesitation or definitely thoughtfulness on her part about this. So we step out into the hallway and it's empty. And then Will and Kim are walking down and Will says, well, that was unexpected. And Kim says, I didn't see it coming either. It feels dirty. I don't buy his, they must step out of the shadows BS. And you know, that's, <laughs> it's nice to have a perspective that you know not everything your boss does is right and like yeah not everyone you know there are but there are some people who are like kind of sycophantic or can't think out of the box like yeah whatever the boss says must be right but Kim does not she's not one of those people she thinks for herself and she thinks she doesn't agree with him in terms of the you know that they have to be brought to light she seems happy that you know they're they're effective you know, and she doesn't care about revealing their identities. But Will does see Herman's point, and he says, well, he isn't completely wrong, but to be honest, I think this is personal for Herman. And Kim looks, which is also, you know, I'm surprised, honestly, that Will can step out of the box this way, because Will does seem to be, like, a rule follower, and um, for him to be able to understand that not everything his superior does is just out of pure you know, pure motivations 
is nice to see that Will can think on his own like that. And he explains himself more. He says, the man holds grudges. He must feel humiliated. In only a couple of weeks, Loon's unmasked more Phantom Scythe members than Herman ever has. And Trist, um, sorry, Kim tells us a bit of information. We know he's jealous that Tristan Sinclair got made chief of police. No wonder he hates Lauren. So now we know that he was interested in being chief of police. And yet he could possibly have a, mm, a very petty reason to not like Lauren as well. And she said, I wouldn't be surprised if Catching Loon is just Herman gunning for a promotion. Yeah, it's possible. It also shows just how, one of the things I've noticed, so my professional background, I guess, is in psychology and business now. And one thing I've noticed like time and time again is how organizations are affected by the humans that live in them and their personalities and their relationship dynamics. And it's not just about, you know, pure um, you know, getting the job done or doing the right thing, that, that people's personalities have such a huge effect on an organization. And you see it very clearly here. And Kim and Will are just, you know, contemplating this and walking along. And then Will says, and this is, you can see, it's really painful for him to say this. He says, do you think it might be one of us? Ugh. I mean, you can see that even though they're co-workers, like the whole precincts, maybe maybe just the office, but like that whole group of them are pretty good friends. Like even with, even though they, you know, are just co-workers, most of them, they still, you know, they trust each other and they like each other. And it kind of like, it's kind of painful to think about like possibly one of my close friends has done this. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, that body they found, that bodyguard, one of my close friends did this. Kim now, at this point, is looking down, but she is having a memory where she asks Lauren, what did you do last night instead of sleeping? And Lauren's like, what? Because she already in her head is suspecting that something is off with Lauren and thinking that possibly she's alone. And she says, if it is, and she has this extremely worried look on her face, I hope he's good enough at this game not to get caught. End of chapter. Well, she suspects Lauren and she's using, but the thing that, okay, she uses, she's suspecting Lauren, right? But she's using a he, him pronoun. And I think it's because she doesn't trust Will either because she knows that Will, like, Will follows the rules. He's a very good, he's very good at his job and he listens to his superiors. So like she doesn't know what Will would do in the case that Lauren is actually Loon. And so while yes, they've both been assigned to figure out who Loon is, she needs to make sure that whoever Loon is, they still stay safe. And this might even be a sign of her potentially even sabotaging their like assignment to make sure that Loon's identities are not found out. Honestly, this is a big, like you can see a lot about Kim's character based on just how much she trusts her friends and in the way like where she trusts Lauren, because even though she suspects Lauren, 
and she's pretty sure it is Lauren. I feel like she believes that what Lauren is doing is what Lauren thinks is the right thing to do and probably trusts her on that and knows that she'll, you know, work her way out of it and can handle things herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kim seems to be siding with Loon. Like she seems very supportive of what Loon does. And although I think Kim recognizes that their methods are not perfect, I think she's still like Loon is still doing the right thing. Yeah, and even like when they first heard about Loon, she was excited and she's like, "Wow, they're you know putting away so many suspects that we couldn't get any information on and we couldn't put them behind bars." So she was always excited about Loon and undisturbed or not very disturbed by the fact that they were doing, you know, vigilante stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so here we have setting Kim up in a certain way. And that's all I'll say on the matter. So any final thoughts on this episode? Herman's right. I think he's right. Like... I mean, I, Herman's hard to like, but I still think like him trying to figure out who Lunar, I think he's doing the right thing. Even if we, the audience, know that that would be a very bad thing for Loon. Logically, realistically, is- it is right. I think that, that like dynamic of, you know, having a character be unlikable, but still do the right thing. It's very interesting because, you know, we, um, we, we try, we like to like people, right? But sometimes you have to be unlikable in order to do what's right. <laughs> and it's kind of like sacrificing your own, you know, social status. <laughs> Although mm-hmm. I think Herman mainly, you know, I don't know if he would ever be able to be kind of like likable, but it's, it is still interesting to, to realize that. Mm-hmm. I also think that what the episode tells us motivation wise about Herman, like saying that this is him gunning for a promotion I feel like that is true, but I feel like it's also going to be subverted a bit. So it's like definitely another motivation that hasn't quite been revealed yet. So we're so we're supposed to like disagree with Herman right now for why he's doing this. Yeah, I think it shows that there's like both reasons: there's the personal and there's the professional. Anyone else have final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I like the use of uh, dramatic lighting with um, the final panel of Kim. I think that it shows a lot about that moment. And instead of skipping over it, we sort of look at it more than we would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. So obviously at this point, we are past the climax of season one, right? That was episode, you know, the unnamed episode that, (laughs) that we shall not because I know Kenny is gets uncomfortable with that, so I'm not going to say it. But, um, you know, we were past the climax. And so now what's happening at this point of season one is we are getting the setup for season two. And that makes me excited because I remember reading this for the first time. It's like, oh my God, this is what season two is going to be. Season two is going to be him and Will chasing after Loon and Loon having to like I don't know they're gonna have to figure out their problems or something so yeah um some yeah something I noticed mainly is that after 
that episode 44 45 and basically all the episodes after that are all setting up season two which i think is pretty neat that's a good observation yeah definitely is playing out now mindy we don't quite hear you oh sorry yeah i just agreed with you and um so that's definitely playing out in season two now so guys thank you so so much for coming on the episode and kenny welcome thanks for being on your first time and i will see you all later thank you for hosting thank you for having having us us. yeah thanks have a good night good night you too Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alexa, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Imelda, Esther, I'm watching you towards Poppy Seed Marie, Jen, Emily, Jean, Jen, Erin, D, and Kay. Your support is truly appreciated. 